you are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hail you true sons and daughters. I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. And, well, the Gary Pinkle coaching tree continues to blossom and grow and flower, particularly at the high school level. And frankly, the biggest name of all, a Missouri legend, is now taking over his alma mater at the high school level as its head coach. And I'll have that for you later. And also a couple questions, a couple prescient questions, in fact, from a longtime loyal listener of mine. But you know what? First, let's lead with the fact that Missouri is now the 10th ranked basketball team in the entire country, according to the Associated Press. Indeed, Missouri, in fact, is the highest ranked team in all of the SEC now, just one spot ahead of the Alabama Crimson Tide. The Tigers obviously just defeated and and six spots ahead of the 16th ranked Tennessee Volunteers. Now, obviously, quite a bit has been made about the difference between where Missouri is in terms of their Associated Press poll rankings, sort of the old school way of actually looking at what a basketball team has done so far. Obviously, Missouri's amount of quad one wins is as good as anybody in the country. But yet, the net rankings... Ken Palm rankings, other metrics have Missouri in the 25 to 30 range for whatever reason. But you know what? That that debate may miss the point a little bit because as long as Missouri keeps playing how it's playing, if they finish in the top two, three, even four in the SEC, get at worst a five seed in the tournament. Well, the reality is to me, you look at college basketball this season nationally. Now, obviously, Gonzaga and Baylor right now are the cream of the crop. Then you can maybe sneak Michigan into that second tier. Maybe even you could argue they should be in the top tier with those two teams I just mentioned. At 13-1 and in that conference, that's certainly an impressive record. But to me, considering Missouri has already defeated number 6 Illinois, they've defeated number 11 Alabama, number 16 Tennessee, Once you get past the top two, three teams in the country, there's not a lot of difference. I think Missouri is about there with any of those teams and could beat absolutely any of those teams on any given night. Now, when it comes to the SEC race, currently Missouri is all by itself in second place, two losses behind the Crimson Tide with the tiebreaker. But as I broke down previously, The schedule is not terribly difficult for either the Tigers or the Tide down the stretch, but it just seems maybe a little bit far-fetched that the Tigers would go undefeated and Alabama would lose two games going down the stretch. Well, at the very least, that needs to happen because one thing I, I failed to mention in my previous show is that Missouri also probably needs to make up the two games it's had canceled so far, the Vanderbilt and the LSU games. Because obviously, even if Missouri does tie Alabama in the loss column, well, despite the fact that they have a tiebreaker, well, it's not a tie if the Tide have more more victories. And also, a couple listener 
questions that came in last week, actually before the Alabama game that I didn't have enough time to get to because of my schedule crunch. But you know what? These are still two rather relevant questions after the Alabama game. Again, from listener Mike Ish, who's one of my most loyal listeners, quite frankly. Shout out to Mike. And Well, first of all, Mike asks, I don't get why Coach Martin is still encouraging Mitchell Smith to keep shooting threes. I guess theoretically he could find his shot, but at this point it clearly isn't happening and is the equivalent of a turnover whenever he shoots a three. Well, statistically, I certainly have no argument with that. And when I was in the crowd for Saturday's ball game, basically every time Mitchell did attempt a three-pointer, you could hear audible groans coming from the student section, which I was right adjacent to. And especially early in the shot clock, I I couldn't agree more. There's At this point, there's no place for him shooting a three-pointer, unless it's basically in the last five, six seconds of the shot clock, it's a kick out, and that's basically the only option left. Now, you could be asking yourself, okay, but why is he even standing in the corner for a three-pointer in the first place? Fair point. But I will just point out that Mitchell Smith is an incredibly valuable defender, right? We saw that at the very end of the game when Tillman wasn't even in, by the way. They, Missouri decided to match up with a more perimeter-oriented defensive attack to counter Alabama's rather mobile team. Well, Mitchell Smith just covered tons of ground, got a great block. He's also just couldn't be more valuable as a pick-and-roll defender, a hustle guy, a rebounder, all that stuff. Well, guess what? If you want all that value, you've still got to find a place for him to be on offense. And quite frankly, as as frustrating as it is to watch Mitchell miss three-pointers sometimes, frankly, even though he hit a turnaround jump shot from about 10 feet in that previous ball game, sometimes his two-point attempts are every bit as hopeless as any three-point attempt. and In fact, I'd argue more so, especially if you just look at the actual numbers. I mean, honestly, a a 20% three-point shot is still better than a 33% two-point shot, and sometimes that seems to be what you're getting from Mitch. The bottom line is, while certainly he should be taking fewer three-pointers and he should never be taking them early in the clock, Well, honestly, I'm not really sure where else he can stand on the court without getting in the way, and frankly, anywhere that he can get efficient offense. If you can figure that one out, maybe you know basketball better than I do. At times, he's okay at the foul line, you know, catching entry passes against doing some high-low action against a zone, but most of the time, you know, you can't put him there either because we run a lot of high ball screens, and he's just going to be in the way for instance, if he's not setting that screen. But you know what? Mike does have another question that I thought is certainly worth addressing. And also, again, the Gary Pinkle coaching tree running rather strong. Got to tell you about the Mizzou legend who is coaching his alma mater as a high school head football coach coming this fall. But first, RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. So go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts for hundreds 
of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules, brake parts, to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. And best of all, rockauto.com. Their prices are always reliably low and same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why pay up to twice as much for the same parts? So go to rockauto.com, see all the parts available for your vehicle, and write locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. And the second question from listener Mike about Tiger basketball is... We seem to go into these deep offensive funks, see the second halves of Mississippi State and Kentucky, and we were fortunate to overcome it against UK. Is there something we can do to prevent this from happening? I'm afraid it's going to come back to bite us come March. Thanks. Well, again, Mike, thanks for listening, and thanks to all of you for listening as well. And if you want to Ask me a question, be sure to hit me up on social media at LockedOnMizzou or email me at LockedOnMizzou, well, I should say LockedOnMizzou at gmail.com. Boy, switching the ads, transposing those things gets a little confusing for this old fella. And well, uh, that particular trend for the Tigers, the deep, prolonged offensive funks, well, it almost came back to bite them in February. In fact, just... Three days ago against the Crimson Tide, Tigers, I believe, a, tw- a 21-2 to run by Alabama to end the game. I know in the last 10 minutes they lost by 15 for sure, That the Tigers, that is. And frankly, I, I think that's just one of those things that's going to happen. I, I don't know how to avoid it when you're not a great shooting team because that's just going to make it challenging at times to score, to put it quite simply. Now, as to what Mizzou can do to avoid those types of things, well, that's probably above my pay grade, but the type of guy that I am, the type of basketball feelings that I have, philosophy would probably be a better way of putting it. To me, you run your best play. When things are going badly, if you've gone four or five possessions in a row maybe you ha- and you haven't gotten a good shot, you've gotten a turnovers, whatever it might be, you need to settle the game down. You've, it's gone from a 16-point lead down to six. Whatever it might be, you got to call your best play. And to me, our best play right now has to involve Jeremiah Tillman. Unless Xavier Pinson is on one of his hot streaks, which occasionally he gets on and he's just unconscious like we saw at Knoxville, then, all right, fine, clear out and let him go to work. But for the most part... I want to see a Jeremiah Tillman high screen either involving Pinson or Drew Smith, or I just want to simply get Jeremiah the ball on the low post, on that left block as he likes to prefer, so he can turn with that big left shoulder in the middle of the lane and shoot a right-handed jump hook. 
that's really the most consistent offense you can ask for for Missouri, especially when now that Jeremiah's become a good passer out of double teams. So again, that's not a perfect solution because obviously that you can't do that every single time down the court. But if you're going into a, if you need a bucket to me, go back to your bread and butter. It's as simple as that. And congratulations goes out to, well, probably one of my two favorite Missouri football players of all time. And that's Jeremy Macklin, who is going to be the next head football coach at Kirkwood High School, where he, of course, attended high school as well. And Jeremy was, well, the last couple of years had been at Kirkwood as a receivers coach, also an offensive coordinator and quarterback coach. And as most of us are aware, if, we, if, if you're a big-time Missouri fan, you know, Jeremy Macklin definitely had a, a challenging upbringing, but you know, he was adopted essentially by another family and that certainly made his life a lot better for sure. And it seems like, I don't know, I just think it's kind of cool that Jeremy, now that he's retired from football, is coming full circle and obviously trying to get into the coaching game. Not only, I don't know that uh, Kirkwood High School is necessarily where he wants to end his career, but frankly, if it is, there are lots of guys who love making a living at the high school level Maybe he wants to be a maybe he wants to be a mentor to young men. I'm not even sure. I'm not sure where Jeremy's head is. Maybe he wants to. Maybe he has aspirations to go further and go into college. Maybe the NFL as a as a coach. Who knows? Either way, a bright young man, one of the greats of Tiger history. Certainly wish him all the best in that endeavor. And well, it's really impressive. In fact, how many guys from the Gary Pinkle era? are, in fact, coaches at the high school level throughout this state. You've got Howard Brown at McClure, Robert Steeples at DeSmet, Jimmy Jackson at Carruthersville, DeQuincy Howard at Roosevelt, Will Franklin at Vashon High School, now Jeremy Macklin at, Kirk, at Kirkwood, Trey Barrow at Fulton High School, Atia Ellison here in town at Battle, and also Michael Agnew, the new coach, at Father Tolton. So that's quite a list there of guys who are head coaches in high school football, former Tigers who, gosh, guys who we all remember really well, right? Guys who have been Tigers in the last 10, 15 years or so. So that's really neat to see. Frankly, it's also something that I'm sure Eli Drinkwitz is smart enough to tap into as well. Apparently, Drinkwitz has, is realizing that it's smart to have good relationships with virtually every high school coach in the state, regardless if they have recruits that you're going after at that time or not. Because, well, who knows who can help you in the future and who knows where these coaches will end up in the future as well. And speaking of the future, well, one of the dangers of speaking into a microphone five times a week is when you make predictions – they're out there forever. And my goodness, during my betonline.ag read in the previous episode, I made a couple truly horrific opinions, takes, whatever you want to call it, about the Super Bowl that frankly bit me right in the behind. But if you think you're smarter than me and can make better predictions, well, there's only one place that has you covered for odds making and one place we trust, and that's betonline.ag. 
ag sign up for a free account today and use that promo code locked on for a 50 percent welcome bonus yes i was saying andy reed come on he's got a you got to factor in the coaching factor he's better than bruce arians well unfortunately he was not better than bruce arians on sunday i also thought that sammy watkins him playing could take away some of the Eric Fisher factor, well, unfortunately, Watkins was ineffective, and obviously the Kansas City offensive line was incredibly ineffective. But regardless, hopefully you won some money on the Super Bowl, because clearly I did not. But if you, again, if you want to get in on the action, go to betonline.ag, use the promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. February is Black History Month, and the Locked On Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and success of black men and women in sports with a new series called Locked On Presents More Than a Game. This week, Candace Cooper of Locked On Tar Heels and Erica Ayala of Locked On Women's Basketball discuss the opportunities and challenges that come with being a black woman in sports. Subscribe to Locked On Presents Podcasts, feed on the radio.com app, or wherever you get your podcasts. And you know, one theme I've been touching on quite a bit here lately is how proud I am just as a fan, just as a guy watching from afar, observing, who's observed Jeremiah Tillman now for the past four years of his college basketball career, just kind of what sort of guy he has matured into. And obviously, Conzo Martin and people around him have talked a lot about his his maturation. And in no small part, I think, was that transformation. If you read a recent piece in theathletic.com, and I will I'll 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 link to this piece in the description of this podcast. But I'll tell you this is a great story and well worth using your your trial to the athletic just just to read this piece on Jeremiah alone. But you know what? I follow Jeremiah on Instagram, and one thing I, I noticed this summer is, uh, unfortunately, Jeremiah's grandmother passed away at the age of 67 years old, I believe, from at least some sort of complications related to, to COVID-19. And, you know, I think this came as a real huge shock to Jeremiah, because obviously, 67 in the year 2020 is not that old anymore, especially for a woman who is frankly a teetotaler, according to according to the family. You know, I think uh, Jeremiah's dad is quoted in the piece saying that he thought his mother might outlive him, quite honestly, based on her lifestyle. So definitely a shock to his system and a, a woman that he revered. It says in the article that his grandparents were just a, a huge influence on him with the example that they set as people and as a couple. They had been married for 43 years at her passing. But anyway, circling back to Instagram, the reason I brought that up is because, well, when I I saw some pictures of Jeremiah with his young son, who is about four years old now, and 
I don't know. It was just a, it was a nice, a nice picture of Jeremiah. The, the guy looks good in a suit. I'll tell you that. But you know, it was just a, a cute picture of him and his son. And it just really struck me that, wow, four years old, this kid, he was just looking very grown. And it just struck me, my goodness, Jeremiah is practically young enough to be my son. And yet his son is older than my daughter. And it just, you know, it strikes you of just that, that contrast there and how, boy, this guy really had to grow up fast at a young age. And to point out the obvious, you know, you never want to have, it's never an ideal situation to have a teenage pregnancy, to have your high school son or daughter have a child at, when, frankly, they're still practically a child themselves. But you know what? When it's... The exception, when that is the exception and not the rule, solid families like the Tillmans can get through that type of thing. And it sure seems like Jeremiah and his son are going to get through life just fine. When you listen to quotes like this, when you see Jeremiah Tillman say, I don't want him, referring to his son, of course, I don't want him to have to grow up in East St. Louis. I don't even want him to know what the hood is. He doesn't have to experience that, and I feel like it's my job to make sure that happens. Now, I tell you, that quote just really, really warmed my heart beyond belief. Again, just after seeing that, you know, that cute picture of him and his son in their two suits, obviously under poor circumstances, mourning the loss of Jeremiah's grandmother. But I don't know, I just sometimes a, a picture does speak a thousand words, and I don't know, just that picture to me just said, these two young men are going to be okay. And in fact, I'll, I'm sure that I'll be following Jeremiah for many years to come on social media, if, if that still is indeed a thing and he doesn't put, put, take down his page and you know make it private to keep creepers like me away. But in all seriousness, just to, just to see... His growth and maturity the last few years, it really has been nice and kind of one of those things that gives you hope for for the next generation because, frankly, even though I'm old enough to be Jeremiah Tillman's dad, just that kind of growth, that kind of maturity sort of inspires me to think, you know, there's things that I can work on and get better at too. So, I don't know, it's just always nice to see people put their mind at something and succeed. So with all that being said, obviously the Tigers are going to try to keep the good times rolling tomorrow against the Ole Miss Rebels against basketball, in basketball I should say. So I will certainly have a preview of that ball game for you tomorrow and a recap shortly after that ball game. So until then, I am John Miller and this has been Locked on Zoo.